Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, welcome back to Season 4 of Pigeonal Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris and today's co-host, Sam. How's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes life, Sam? It's going pretty good. Uh, it was a busy weekend full of a uh, little bit of work and hockey as well. Um, Royals just finished off a three-game series with the Lake Tahoe Lakers. Uh, first time we got to see the team since they got snowed out or snowed in, I guess, um, back in February. And uh, it was a great series, a lot of chippiness, a great battle between both teams. Um, Royals won the first two games in overtime, and Lake Tahoe got the got the final game yesterday. Uh, all of the games were decided by one goal, though, so great series. Yeah, I mean, I got to see, I got to see a lot of hockey this week, and it was fun. Um, so I managed to be able to pull off uh, seeing a lot of games, and I, I think I caught the tail end of the middle game for Rogue Valley this weekend. Um, really, really exciting action. Um, there's been a lot of movement. The USPHL West in the last week alone, um, not if not just even the last couple weeks, but specifically the last week alone, uh, December's been nuts for players being traded and moving. And uh, it's going to be exciting to kind of talk about all that as well as, um, you know, kind of talk about uh, our fantasy league. But um you know, yeah. it's, it's cool that when those games are in town that, you know, you can actually do your broadcasting thing and it's always fun to listen to you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Kyle and I had had a fun weekend and, uh, you know, the boys put on a good show, especially the new acquisitions uh, that we'll get back to in a second. But it was a lot of fun to just see, like, you know, the fans and the team just felt like everything just got a new new injection, a new, new life going on. And um, I think it's going to be a very good competitive Royals team going forward. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, it's, it's always fun to see the big crowds like that. And that's what I think people don't realize with the, the Western U S hockey is that the crowds show up. And uh, I mean, they're in the rogue Valley. It was just, it was a packed house and you could hear the taunting <laughs> from, the, <laughs> uh, from the crowd towards the, the Lakers players and such, and, and the support towards the rogue Valley Royals players. But if you're a player, that's what you want to hear. You, if, if you're home, you want the support of your hometown crowd and you want a big crowd there. And if you're the away player, being taunted is part of the game. That's the fun part of hockey is you've, you've walked in there. It's not your house. So, yeah. uh, you know, those fans are going to defend their own. So it's 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 fun to hear uh, within reason because sometimes these fans exactly. go overboard. We've, yeah. uh, I think we've all seen it. Uh, but, exactly. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. So being able to get in some, a lot of live action this week was fun because not only that, I was kind of bouncing time between USPHL and CDC and VIJHL games and, and mixing in football when it was appropriate. So my weekends are just sport and I love it. <laughs> but uh, that's why I kind of like some of these games that are spread out on like Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Friday nights is because uh, I don't see any games often on Mondays or Tuesdays unless teams are coming out of a showcase. Yeah. So I, I like to see these games spread out because it gives me something to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited about the Vegas showcase and seeing what, what the Royals can do there. Um, I know that at least at a minimum, they're going to play against San Diego and Bakersfield, which that Bakersfield series that they had early at the beginning of the season, I know it didn't go well for them, but I think that it's going to be, it's going to be different this time around. So we'll see if they can maybe find a way to take them down. Yeah, I mean it's gonna. I mean Bakersfield's a fun team, yeah, <laughs> fun team to uh to watch. A uh, great commentary down there as well. Um, we've had them on this podcast before. It's a great organization, and uh, that's the one fun thing about um, some of these organizations. Uh, if anyone listened to like our broadcasts a couple years back, at this point now with uh the the coach there for the Northeast Generals, um, was talking about how the passion the passionate hate between his team and the New Jersey Titans. He's like, in terms of organizations, he's like Northeast generals and New Jersey Titans. We get along great. Like, you know, we're always real communicative, cooperative in terms of like uh, management and leadership. We get along fantastic, but our, our boys hate each other. Like there is no love lost between our two teams when they get together. He's like, it's always nasty. It's always a mean series. And I think that's what the, you know, you can end up with because I, if I, if I recall correctly, that Bakersfield Rogue Valley series was not the prettiest one on the ice in terms of friendliness. Um, uh, those teams don't meet that often, but they didn't seem to like each other much. It's kind of like dogs. You know, you can get a first sniff of somebody, and you know you don't like them right away. Maybe. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I, I was kind of shocked because usually the teams, well, I guess kind of shocked, but usually teams have a pretty big history when they, they get as kind of mean as they did in that series. And I was like, wow, it's, I don't know that Rogue Valley and Bakersfield have much of a history against each other. If any, at that point, uh, had they ever played each other, even in the showcase series, the previous season, we, you know, I think that we did play them at the showcase last year. And I want to say that, I mean, it was a different Bakersfield team, right? Like, I don't think if I'm remembering correctly, they, they might not have been as, as dangerous as they are this year, but we might've had like a two, one overtime loss in Vegas last year. It was either them or okay. a different team from California that I'm getting them mixed up with, but yeah, I was um, there for the showcase games and I don't remember. It was a yeah. lot of hockey. Yeah. I can't, I can only imagine how much hockey you saw in a few days, but yeah, things were a little chippy at times uh, between the Lakers and the Royals this weekend. Um, I know that, you know, when I was when Kyle and I were looking at the standings, like a lot of penalty minutes taken in that Pacific Division, and apparently Lake Tahoe is known as like you know kind of the bullies sometimes. So it was it was we saw a bit of that on Friday night, but it feels like as Saturday and Sunday went along, there was less less hitting and less chippiness, which was kind of interesting. Wait, so Lake Tahoe has a bully's reputation? Maybe. I don't know who told me that, but somebody did. <laughs> I'll gauge that. Um, I could definitely pick out some teams I think might 
take on that bully reputation. Uh, I can't imagine it being Lake Tahoe. I know the crowd isn't the most pleasant to the uh, <laughs> the away players. <laughs> I've definitely seen things like I think I like when the camera stays on. Let's just put it like that. Uh, a couple seasons ago, was it a couple seasons ago? It was during COVID, so probably a couple seasons ago. Yeah, I definitely saw uh, some stuff between fans and players there because fans need this. But that's the thing. I think I actually at that point, I think it was a couple seasons ago, I kind of called out Lake Tahoe. Like he kind of got a put up some level of a better barrier between the fans and the players coming off the ice. Um, yeah. Because the, the the fans have way too much access to the players. And if the game's even a little bit chippy, those fans are going to feel like they can interject and, uh, and try to disrupt. Cause that's the other thing too. It's like saw it in Idaho falls last year where a fan, you know, took the stick of one of the players off the Provo predators and took it into the stands. And I think he ended up getting escorted out by the police because uh, at the end of the day, these, these, a lot of the stuff is not provided by the team, especially when they were tier three. That's their own stick. You, you, you stole a kid's $300 stick off the bench from his hands. Um, that's not the thing like, oh, the team's like, oh, you need these, these sticks, or we'll just get another one. Uh, a lot of the time, that's their, that's their personal equipment. So, yeah, I think, I think seeing that in Lake Tahoe where fans would try to get, uh, Again, this is a couple seasons ago, so this isn't the current crowd. Um, but again, I haven't gotten to watch a ton. I've watched a lot, but not a ton of hockey this year. So I think uh, think get to see. I haven't seen anything this season between fans and, and players. But uh, I'll tell you what, I've been seeing some of the brouhaha's that are happening on the ice. It's, there's some pretty fun, nasty games lately, and uh, I always seem to catch them at the right time. Yeah, I like seeing a little bit of a scuffle as long as it doesn't go out overboard. I don't mind a little scuffle now and then. But yeah, so uh, the Lake Tahoe series was pretty fun this weekend uh, between you guys and them. And uh, it was great to see that they could make it up this year because uh, I think last year, right at the end of the season, uh, that big snowstorm was impacting that whole region and Lake Tahoe got trapped. Yeah, they couldn't make it out, which was unfortunate. But then we ended up playing against Bellingham. and it was basically for a playoff spot. So it all kind of worked out in the end. That did, because you guys made the playoffs based off of that series, eh? Yeah, exactly. All right. So you got a chance also to talk to the Lake Tahoe Lakers head coach, Chad Olson. So uh, how'd that conversation go? Yeah, it was fun. Um, he was just like, you're the guy from Pigeonhole, right? And I was like, yeah, I I do I do participate in the, uh, the podcast sometimes when I can, you know, and he was like, yeah, I really enjoyed interviewing with uh, the main guy, Chris, and been, you know, paying attention to the fantasy league and stuff like that. And it was just like, it was just kind of funny to be like, I didn't expect to get, you know, recognized out in the, the community, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, have, you've been, I think, a couple players. And um, I think a couple players have come through there and know that you're the, the Pigeonhole Hockey uh, co-host there. So. You know, because people inquire, it's like, doesn't he talk for Rogue Valley? It's like, yes, he's the color commentator for Rogue Valley. I'll try to <laughs> shout something at him. It's like, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and so I think he did ask you because you did mention, like, you know, who do you have from the uh, Lake Tahoe Lakers on your fantasy team? And you're the only fantasy team currently that doesn't have a Lake Tahoe Laker. So that yeah. was fun. It was a, it was a, I, I always try to play off things in a funny way. And, uh, you know, I was like, uh, nobody, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, 
he was not he was not upset about it or anything like that. It was just like it was just a funny awkward moment where I was like, I uh, I don't own any of your players. Sorry. <laughs> um, just because you know between trades and you know players getting called up, you know some of the stuff that we're obviously going to get back to. Like I now up until you know maybe a couple days ago, I only represented five out of the twelve. Uh, USPHL West teams that I could possibly represent, which having less than half is kind of, how did I do that? I didn't mean to, which is how did I do that? <laughs> That's players got moves. Players got up. Like you had a player that got, uh, you got like Sam Pong Cho who got the, moved up to the Rock Springs Grizzlies. And then uh, both, you know, Kyrie, you already had Robert Allport and then you had Kai Revis. Um, so you ended up with a couple Casper Roughnecks netminders. Um, and as well as another like Christopher Molnar from the Casper Roughnecks. So as players move, as play, and that's it's been a crazy week or two. Um, and maybe we'll talk about that before we hit the fantasy stuff. But uh, it's been a, as, as my phone has a little alarm go off. It's letting <laughs> me know that uh, oh, I have a bill to pay. Fun, yay! I love bills. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I think kind of talking a little bit about these. Um, Kind of some of these moves, uh, and then and kind of how that turned into our, you know, or do you want to start with the fantasy league stuff? Which one would be more interesting to start with, the fantasy league, and then move on to some of the acquisitions? Mm-hmm. I think actually acquisitions, because then we can kind of incorporate it into the into yeah, how it affects the fantasy league. Yeah, because it's definitely so. Um, from the last time we actually covered the fantasy league update, I know that the people have reached out and inquired about, hey, what, what's, where's it at? And it's like, I'm still moving, so I'm still just trying to keep my head above water and and track the league. But um, at the moment, you've got the I was in the lead. The my hangry pandas were number one last time we covered this last month. And uh, Sam, do you want to tell them who's currently in first? Um, yeah, it's a guy I know. Um, I think, I think he's like, he's an okay guy, but like, you know, and yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm in first, uh, yeah. he has now jumped into second as of this last weekend and the hangry pandas are in third, but by literally like the smallest <laughs> of margins to be fair. Six tenths of a point. Yeah. So that's, that's like, that's like one big week and all of a sudden you're, you're back in second handily. One big week, I could be back in first. I'm only like 44 points behind you. So. I don't know if you're gonna get that much more than me, but we'll see. Ah, try, <laughs> try. Um, but uh, yeah, right now your your team currently consists of uh, Kai Revis from the Casper Roughnecks, Michael Polston from Provo, Robert Allport from Casper, Mateo Mitrovic from Idaho, Peter Kanapka from Seattle, Ethan Hall from Ogden, Tyler Hansen from Rogue Valley, Parker Osborne from Ogden, Siang Pong Cho from Rock Springs, Theo Fauche from Bakersfield, Roberto Matias from Rogue Valley, Roman Walnick from Seattle, Reese Doyle of Ontario, Christopher Molnar of Casper, and Oliver Solstrom of Fresno, one of the Swedish quartet. So you've been seriously, I think you won three straight weeks where you just obliterated the rest of us because you went from like kind of a deep third to first. Like yeah. you had three amazing weeks where I was just like, the hell is happening <laughs> you know? no it it was kind of nutty like i didn't expect it to go that that well but yeah that those three weeks really catapulted me from from that third place up to either second or first and you know it felt it felt good to be like 
some of these moves have worked out. Like a lot of these players were were drafted, but um, certainly my pickup of Parker Osborne has felt felt very good, and um, I'm happy that Rivas is still doing what he does. And um, yeah, a lot of these guys have just have just worked out on the offensive end, have been catching fire. I mean, Roberto Matias had a hell of a weekend this past weekend, and been a lot oh, of fun yeah. to watch him do well. Yeah, he was your biggest point producer this past weekend. Yeah, he was he was on fire those first few games against against Tahoe. Uh, put in some nice goals. Hopefully, hopefully some of those highlights make it out there to you guys. But uh, yeah, just it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch these guys, and I think that I think that things are still very very competitive um, between Yumi and Heath at the moment. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Heath again, just uh, he's been sitting. He was at first. I went. No, he wasn't. I don't think he's been in first yet. He was trailing me pretty closely, and then he kind of faded. Um, and then you came out of nowhere and just kind of leapfrogged both of us. And then, um, yeah, this week he took me over by point sixth of a point, uh, the smallest of margins almost. But um, but he's officially in second. But his his team consists of Sam Peterson from Vegas, Ethan Jordan from Fresno, Nicholas Pear from San Diego, and then on the blue line, Nick Penaldi from Vegas, Will Sinclair from Pueblo, and Marcus Glenn from Casper. And then his forwards are Ethan Gray from Lake Tahoe, Noak Person from Fresno, Dimitro Rosas from Ogden, George Goodwin from Idaho, David Dumanel from Bakersfield, Jackson Litzinger from San Diego, David Ukin from Utah, and Vaclav Sedivy from Seattle. So he's been having, again, some pretty good weeks, and he, you know he's not – I think he won this week. Then he won the last two weeks, actually. He might have, yeah. His team has been really performing incredibly so, and he's been pretty happy with it. Um, my Hangry Pandas have has slipped lowly in the third here. Uh, had a couple major like injuries and stuff and still seeing one or two. But uh, And plus, again, it's, a, it's the rotation of junior hockey. If your teams aren't playing, you're not getting points. So, um my exactly. team's uh, currently consists of Inet uh, from the Lake Tahoe Lakers, Kate Nedstrom, and Comer Duminos from Bakersfield, and Levente Hegedus from Vernal. And again, like Levente right there, great goalie, but right now he's playing for his national team, Hungary, and can't get points if he ain't playing in the USP. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Like That's that. awesome. Yeah. Actually, we have a bunch of players not only on our um, – on our rosters right here that are playing. Cause I know like uh, Martin Kripensnik, uh who's part of the Poutine Passe uh, fantasy team here, but from Idaho is also representing his country. There's a lot of players right now that are off representing their countries for like U twenties and U 18. So really amazing talent we have here uh, on the West coast of the U S and uh, Canada. And so it's going to be interesting to see how some of these players perform on that national stage again. Cause if, if you're familiar last season with um, Brody Shao, uh, represent, representing yeah. Chinese Taipei last year. Um, I mean, he's won what three? He's led the Chinese Taipei team now to three golds in a row. So, wow. I mean, he is like their go-to goalie. Um, so when when they're competing on the national stage, because I believe right now he's still with San Diego State University. That um, you know, if if they need him, then he won't be playing for San Diego. He'll be play, you know representing his uh, his nation's team. So. It's, it's really interesting to see how some of these things unfold. And it goes again, that'll affect points. Um, and then you got to play the odds. Like if he's going to be gone for a while and I eventually am able to release him to do a free agency release rule. Do I do that and risk losing him? Because I did that with ETA. And the second I dropped ETA, cause I'm like, they're not going to be playing this weekend. I'm going to pick up somebody else. And when this player rotates out, I think I'll be able to pick him back up. Nope immediately picked up by Steve's team. 
I'm like, you <laughs> jackass. <laughs> I think that was his fight. That was his fire back for me taking Connor Dumino from him at the beginning of the season. Probably. Um, he uh, immediately snatched up ETA. And when I saw it, I'm like, I didn't think you looked at the messages because we we post the messages when we release a player because that you know if it specifically for that reason because if you see a player that somebody else has released and you're like, hmm, I think I might, and that's what he did. So yeah, yeah plus I was gonna so, say that Vernal Vernal hasn't played a lot of games lately. They've no. I was looking at the standings with um, with the guys yesterday, and you know most of the teams in our division have played like twenty four ish games and Fernal's only played 17 for some reason, which it happens. Like it, I, I think we've seen that with other teams, but you know, like you said, you're just not getting points from that, from that spot, unfortunately. Right. And if you have a bunch of players on Vernal, like I do, and actually so do the Poutine Posse, they have, I think, uh, three players from Vernal on their roster. Um, that's going to affect you in points. Um, and then you got to debate, do I drop the player and hopefully be able to pick them up? And that's what I do. And, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And I lost ETA <laughs> with that yeah. uh, decision. But, you know, such is life. It will happen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then on the on the, the back end, I've got uh, Tomas Yarvinpah from Lake Tahoe, DJ McLeish from Idaho, and then Logan Walsh from Vegas. And then my forwards are Mason Witt from Vegas, Daniel Ellingson from Ogden, Magazin Sagadia from Utah, Andres Kell from Rogue Valley, Jack Hansen from Pueblo, Caden Larockwell from Ontario, Carter Lehman from Lake Tahoe, Dallas Gunn from Casper, and Emil Louv from Fresno, one of the Swedish quartets. So, yeah, I mean, my team's doing pretty good. It's just the ebbs and flows of the junior season. My guys are missing games because their teams aren't playing. Or uh, I've had one or two injuries and had a re-release. And actually, I had a couple players get traded outside the USPHL. So I think you did too. A bunch of us had, a, you know, in terms of that movement talk. Um, yeah. Not only have a lot of players moved recently between teams like Rogue Valley, Long Beach, Las Vegas, Casper, Bellingham. I'm trying to think of other teams that have picked up and, and released players or traded players and then and, and teams of players that have just left the USPHL for a different league. And that we had a few players this week um, that we all know that it's like, oh, they've moved on to another league. So, yeah, it's a. It affects your it affects your standings, but it's been pretty pretty active. So um, let's take a moment to recognize the sponsor for this episode, and that's going to be DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. My Sabers visit the Golden Knights this weekend. There's a 1.5 spread on that one, so download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Blue Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, Boyd and Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. We again want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. I know Rogue Valley was able to make a trade this week. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, the, um, the Royals acquired some players from Long Beach. Um, they acquired uh, Constantine Lose. They acquired Kobe Ryer, 
and they acquired uh, Timofey Trifonov, as well as Caleb Chamberlain, um, so two forwards and two defensemen. Um, unfortunately, Caleb did get hurt in his first game, so he might be out for a couple weeks, but um, it's good to have have some new guys on both the forward lines and the D-man. Um, and Ryer and Los were huge this weekend, so it was nice to have have some some new life in the building and uh, the talent that they brought was very, was very impressive. Yeah. They're, they're incredible players. Um, I mean, what Rogue Valley was able to acquire uh, via the trade um, was very impressed. I mean, uh, both Los and I believe Harire have been uh, mentioned on this podcast. Um, they're uh, I don't know if Harire has been, I know I've been tracking him because I, like I said, when I to, to build these, these award episodes, his name definitely was always in the mix. I just don't know if he's made our top 10 yet. I know Los has, um, so when you got guys like that on the back end, um, that's really critical. <laughs> like they're, they're such incredible players. And so to be able to pick them up and, cause I know that, you know, from watching, uh, Rogue Valley a little bit this season that, uh, one of the areas Rogue Valley is struggling, was, uh, you know, under the, down to the back end, they need a little bit, uh, maybe some tweaks in defense there, give more support out to the goaltender. And, exactly. um, and so I think pickups like that should allow, and I've already, already this weekend, you could see the shot reduction on the net minders there for Rogue Valley. Cause you guys started all three goalies, um, Bryson snow, hell of a game. I mean, yeah. that's the one on Saturday, right? He played yeah. Saturday. I mean, he, he stopped 50 <laughs> of 53 shots that night and, uh, made some unbelievable saves on some breakaways. Just, just played. I mean, it, it could have been, it could have been like eight or nine goals for Tahoe. And he said, he said, now we're going to keep it to three. So unbelievable game from Bryson. Uh, Colossa played well on Friday night and ETA played well yesterday. So good, good showing from all of them. And I think that they'll probably all get paying time in Vegas. If I have to guess too. Yeah. And they should, I mean, I think with, with the play of all three of them right now, they're all really earning it. I mean, no, is um, you know, it's basically been a, the one, a one B situation there that I've been watching has basically been like Colossa and ETA um, and then Snow was kind of the third guy last year too, but uh, with the way he just played, um, I think he's starting to make that statement that uh, he wants more ice time. Um, exactly. So, but he's also the youngest goalie of the trio, isn't he? Like he's like an 06, yeah. I think so. I think you know more than me on that one. Um, but I, but either way, like elite prospect for the win. Let's find out. I'm pretty sure he's an 06 from Cali. Elite. Uh, Prospects. An 06 from what? Bryson Snow. I, th- I always just know him like 06 from Cali. Uh, no, he's an 06 from Medford. Oh, did I not know so that? So he's from Medford. Not too shabby. guys I on the team from Medford. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, well, what was it? Not Tyler Hansen. Um, yeah, he's not he from is. Medford, is he? He is, yeah. Was Dawson Nelson from Medford? No, he was from uh, British Columbia. Okay. Um, but I knew, was, I knew it was like Nelson or or, or Hanson, and for whatever reason, I thought it might have been more uh, Dawson Nelson. But Hanson, uh, Jack Regan, um, Osterberg, and Snow, at a minimum. I'm not sure if there's anybody else um, that might also be from Medford. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, really good pickups there for the, for the Valley. Uh, I saw a bunch of players go to Vegas 
this past week, including guys like Keith Orlando. Um, who else? Like the the trades have been well, Mason White, right? Mason, yeah, because I picked up Mason White to second. <laughs> and and like, Cherniak as well from yeah, Long Cherniak, Beach. that's a big pickup there for Vegas, and he's already he's already pumping in goals there. Like he started to make a statement. It's also great to see. Um, uh, man, let me look here. I hate the fact my brain's getting too old. Uh, USPHL, USPHL. Orlando, did he used to be? He used to Orlando. Was he on uh, Vernal? Yep. Yeah, he left Vernal for uh, Vegas, so he's been. Yeah, he's gone to Vegas. Last year he was Ogden. Oh, okay. So, but he is down now in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, you've got. Uh, it was great to see uh, also Naomi um, Naomi Bachelor back in net for Las Vegas. She ended up with a loss, but you know that makes her one and one now. But it was great to see her finally get uh, more ice time there uh, against the San Diego Sabers, and that was really cool to see. I mean, there's an there's been a lot of really interesting action so far. Oh, also, I mean, Bryson Stern returning to the USPHL after dark last year. He was one of uh, the mainstays there with the Provo Predators when they were the Tier 3 team. Um, and, of course, the entire Mountain Division moved up to the NCDC this year. And uh, he's been playing with Columbus, uh, the Columbus Mavericks out in the USPHL all season. And he was just this week acquired by the Casper Roughnecks. So it was really great to see him uh, back in the West. Uh, loved talking about him last year. Um, and um, I know he's pretty tight with, uh, like, I think Ethan Blackburn. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Ethan, Bryson, tell me if I'm wrong. But I think they're <laughs> friends. I think they're, they're both from Littleton, Colorado. Uh, they're at least familiar with each other. I, I would say they're friends. And uh, But uh, obviously, Ethan Blackburn with the San Diego Sabres last year uh, aged out. And now he's playing with Duquesne University, the Dukes. Um, doing quite well down there. Just made a sick save. In fact, if you just check out his Instagram, uh, he just pulled a Vasilevsky. Uh, I don't know how else to put it. I thought it was more Miller, but uh, I've been corrected that it's more Vaz. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, and he's right. When you look at the save, but I'll have to. I'll yeah, have well, to once you see the save, you'll know it. But uh, when you get a chance, take check out Ethan Blackburn's uh, uh, Instagram, and you'll be able to see that the the wild save he just made this past week. Um, but the, yeah, it's great to see Bryson Stern back in the West there. And then Kai Rivas. Kai Rivas yeah. sent the Casper. Yeah, big trade. I mean, like, you know, Casper was already a team that was that was being pretty good this year, and now they're I mean, they're actually sitting on top of the division. But um getting goaltenders like Rivas and Stern to to shore up, I mean, they've they've kind of had like a, a rotation already this year and um now they're they might even be more dangerous uh, at the top of the division. So we'll see. Um, you know, a lot of the interesting trades, like you said, and a lot of interesting moves. And you know, Casper getting better, the Royals getting better, um, and then Seattle and Vernal. I think that they didn't. I'm not sure that they really did a whole lot of late, but but they'll still they're still mainstays and they're still hanging around. So it might be a competitive like four-way four-way rates for the the playoff spots and seeds yeah i think it's going to be interesting because we didn't really have a great outlook um, from at least the casper roughnecks at the beginning of the season because uh, their of roster really wasn't yeah yeah their, their roster wasn't really there and um they've got a couple players representing their teams right now um obviously with as i mentioned hegadu's uh, re- representing hungary and i think the uh, the osbournes are representing the United Kingdom. 
Uh, so, you know, there's a, um, they have some core pieces missing right now, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at their, their page and they've signed a few new players and have traded players and they've been, this is, this is the most active I've seen the trade market in the USPHL West, uh, in the years I've been watching, I have not, I've never seen this much activity in, in such a short period of time or even throughout the whole season. Um, but in the last, like I said, since December started uh, just a lot of new acquisitions. And I think that's also the benefit of the, the NCDC being present out West now is, you know, players that uh, have the opportunity to move up and there's been plenty this year are moving up. They're actually getting time to play in tier two hockey and getting recognized for their their efforts, and they don't have to, you know, go across the country if, if the option presents itself. They don't have to leave, uh, you know. Uh, in fact, even just with the Bakersfield Roughnecks, you had uh, Adrian Gomez. Uh, he got called up about a month ago, and he didn't have to go across the country. He didn't have to go out to like South Shore or something. You know, he can stay right here on the West Coast, and he was able to go to Utah, right there in the West Valley, outside Salt Lake City. I guess West Valley is still technically Salt Lake City, but um, <laughs> they're able to play out West. Players are able to get noticed and promoted out West now. And that's a, that's a far cry from what's happened previously. I mean, I think even the connection between the Nashville, not, I was going to say Nashville Predators, Nashville Spartans and the Provo Predators. Um, so I can easily see how I mix that up. Yeah. Um, you know, they they have players getting promoted out of Nashville and coming out West now to play in Provo. So, it's um, it's great to see it. It's better for a sport if players can stay a little bit closer to home when they get promoted, or even if they've just you know become accustomed to playing more out west, that they get to stay out west if promoted. They don't always have to go out east, and I think it's important. And that's what you're seeing with these moves up, and now players that, you know, maybe uh, just need a little bit more fine tuning and are going down to like tier three, or they've acquired pieces that are better to, or it just, you know, uh, strength and tradition, uh, strength and tradition, uh, strength and conditioning. Sometimes when players come back from injuries, they just need to go down to the next uh, team down, uh, get conditioned back up and come back up to tier two. And so um, to have all that available out West now is critical. And it's so important for the, for the development of a lot of these players to not have to have these massive flights to go from one place to another. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, nothing's going to look better than those 17-hour road trips between um, your teams out there on the West Coast and places like Casper. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, know. exactly. Having the team like up team for Tier 2 being in Rock Springs has allowed a handful of players from the USPHL West teams getting called up uh, to just have a place to play easier from, you know, like you said, going across the country. So, you know, we've seen – Luke Anthony called up to them. Uh, Seung Po Cho got called up to them. I want to say that they didn't, I don't know if they noticed it, but Nicholas Charles, I know he was on Bernal uh, earlier this year. Now he's on Rock Springs. So he's had a couple great games, a couple great games since he's gone back up to Rock Springs. Excellent. So that's great to hear that these guys are getting called up to tier two and not, at, like you said, not having to go all the way across the country to do that. Yeah, it's it's incredible, and I think uh, he actually got a shared shutout, the the rare share shutout. Um, Tucker and a Bennett and uh, and Nicholas Charles um, were able to shut out the Pro Repetitors this weekend. Um, I have to watch the game to see what happened because I saw the end of the game and it wasn't 
it wasn't one of those nice games. It was one of those mean games. And no, uh, I'd love to see what happened um, during that game. I remember uh, looking at the box score, and uh, yeah, Tucker in a bit did not. That's why he get didn't to stay in the game. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he, he, Tucker didn't get to stay in the game. Yeah. <laughs> After 25 saves, his time was done. So. <laughs> I want to see what happened uh, to led to that. And that's kind of what I do throughout the week is try to watch back some of these games that uh, caught my interest. Um, the, the games that end up like 17 to one, uh, which thankfully isn't so much more rare this year. Um, yeah. I, if I have time and that's the final game I'm watching it, I'll watch it, but I don't have time this year. So I'm just pointing out the games that look like something really interesting happened in it. Um, and those are games I try to rewatch with my limited free time now, but. We should probably address a few of the other teams as we're talking about this before we wrap up the podcast. But, uh, you know, that the teams uh, in fourth, fifth, and sixth right now, um, you're talking like uh, the Fighting Beavers, the Mallard Menace, and the Poutine Passe. Uh, you got, I think the Fighting Beavers are in fourth. Yeah, they just climbed up to fourth this week. But that's um, in net, they got Bo Altman from Pueblo, Isaac Klasso from Oak Valley, and Subball Dibiak from Lake Tahoe. On the back end, they got Stephen Blangino from Fresno, Emil Rodrigue from Bakersfield, and Keegan Clark from Bellingham. And then their forwards are Rodin Gastaya from Vernal, Francois Xavier Maros from Bakersfield, William Donovan from Rock Springs, William Johnson from Pueblo, Austin Tessier from Lake Tahoe, Cooper Fink from Ogden, Noel Morency from Las Vegas, Igor Gorbataya from Fresno, and Charles Chamberlain or Caleb Chamberlain from Rogue Valley. And then the the I think the Poutine Posse are in fifth right now. They got pressing card from Idaho, Emilia Telfa, and Sil, or ETA from Rogue Valley, and then Vladislav Brzgalov from Ogden. On the back end, they got Philip Lozani from Vernal, Cooper Cantola from Ontario, and Johnny Gunn from Lake Tahoe. And the forwards are KJ Edwards from Bakersfield, Presley Toth from Vernal, Cameron Krause from Capersfield, Tristan Fazato from San Diego, Martin Krepeznik from Idaho, Chase Perry from Vernal, Garrett Yost from Utah, Amit Bento from Long Beach, and Connor Purdue from Fresno. And then the Mallard Menace are Tucker Nabinet from Rock Springs, Evan Stringer from Vernal, and Josh Hedger from Ontario. Back end are Teddy Hember at Ogden, Joe Lorenzis from Seattle, and Blaze Emminghouse from Rogue Valley. And then the forwards are Jack O'Rourke from Idaho, Max Von Klingraff from Ogden, Scott Slayback from Vegas, Andre Matas from Casper, Mackenzie Bolger from Bellingham, Aero Laria from Lake Tahoe, Roman Cherniak from Las Vegas, Jesse Aitken from Seattle and Christian Dixon from Fresno. So, um, you know, a lot of these teams have, especially talking about players from Vernal, haven't played a lot recently. Like you said, 24 games versus 17 games. So um, uh, they're all pretty close to each other in the standings. They're running fourth, fifth, and sixth. Um, and uh, again, any of these teams can leapfrog any of the other teams in that in that group right now. Um, but uh, no, it's been fun so far. Uh, not only watching these games and seeing just the sheer amount. I'm, I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more moves. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's been really interesting watching the progression and just the back and forth between um, the tier two and tier three levels on players. Uh, that's been really exciting, especially when you see the players get promoted. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of the fantasy league this year. I really enjoyed it and getting to know a lot of these players from, you know, both the NCDC and and the USPHL West and um, just kind of following along a lot more with, you know, how these players are doing and, um, you know, the box score, sometimes it tells everything, sometimes it doesn't, but um, I've been, I've been enjoying tracking a lot of this stuff so far this year and kudos to a lot of these players for 
just putting up putting up great numbers left and right and uh looking forward to seeing how we how we finish out these final couple months in the in the fantasy league yeah it'll be fun it'll be uh i'm excited to see how it not only finishes with the fantasy league but just uh, i'm looking forward to the showcase series uh coming up um I'm going to be, I so wish I wasn't in the midst of a move. I would just sit there and consume all of it, but we'll still be moving stuff. So it's another big moving trip um, that happening. There's a reason we're not, I'm not going to be present at the showcases because I've been asked a lot if I will be there this year. And unfortunately, right in the midst of this, I will not be. So uh, unfortunately, I will not make it this year, but hopefully it's going to be in the cards for a trip coming up at some point. But uh, that's, that's probably a great place to wrap up. Uh, we want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date. And that's it. This is a Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sam. Have a great day, hockey fan. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease. <laughs>